Christchurch, New Malden, 14th of June 2020. Becky Mills speaking on Global Pandemic, a wake-up call. Earlier on in the year, I gave a talk entitled What Can We Do About Our CO2? Launching Our Fast for Creation, aborted a few weeks later because of the lockdown. We can only take on board and act on one global crisis at a time. But now COVID-19 is hopefully on the downturn and maybe it's the right time to revisit the issue. A few months back, we lamented together the phenomenal rise in carbon emissions, extreme weather events, melting glaciers, rising sea levels, deforestation and intensive farming methods, and the catastrophic problem of waste and damage to land and marine life. As everyone responded to the threat of COVID-19 where possible by staying at home and avoiding non-essential travel, we've seen some positive side effects. Carbon emissions from the burning of fossil fuels is heading for a record 5% annual drop. And the skies and waterways are clearing of pollution. The pandemic has offered us a tantalising glimpse of the possibility of restoration of God's vision for his creation. We've never had a better chance to build back better, build back greener. Can we capitalise on this moment? The lockdown has been an extraordinary time in many ways and one of the joys for me and I suspect for a lot of you out there has been the opportunity to enjoy nature in a new way. Are the birds singing louder, or is it that there is much less air and road traffic? The lockdown brought Britain to a near standstill, with road travel plummeting by as much as 73% by the beginning of April, to levels not seen since 1955. The number of large lorries went down by 40%, even though essential supplies continued to be transported. Eight out of ten flights were scrapped. Once again, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands, not the deafening roar of air traffic. I've seen and heard new wonders that I'd previously overlooked. Andrew and I recorded a cuckoo calling for over a minute, which is unprecedented in my experience. And trying to work out which bird call is which when the woods are teeming with bird song and the sunlight is filtering through the trees continues to be a real delight. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. I have felt a new craving for and alertness to the wonders of God's world during precious time outside. A family in our street made this poster of the leaves of all the trees they identified during their nature walks. My son Ben ordered some caterpillars from a website called Insect Law and watched them grow into fully-fledged painted ladies and it was quite an emotional moment when they released them into the wild. Who needs to fly to holiday destinations abroad when so much is new and undiscovered here? Around 80% of adults hardly ever smell wild flowers. More than 60% of us don't listen to birdsong. The vast majority of us can't recognise the leaves of different trees. 
As a society, we've become alienated from the natural world. Will our rediscovery of nearby nature during the lockdown reset our own green agenda? Now is our chance to reveal our calling as children of God. In Romans 8.19 it says, For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Building the kingdom of God is all about restoring creation to the way it was meant to be. God always wanted to work in his world through us. That is part of the point of being children of God. In the beginning, God charged us with the care of every living creature. But Eden was short-lived. Humanity fell, as did all of creation. But creation will at last become what it was meant to be through the wise, rescuing, restorative rule of human beings. The Spirit was given so that we can take up our responsibilities as God's eyes and ears, his hands and feet, and do what needs to be done in the world. It's like the world is standing on tiptoe, waiting for the eagerly anticipated rule of redeemed human beings to ultimately come about. Paul explains this further in Romans 8.22 when he says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Seeing the devastating effects of our profligate lifestyles on nature and the world's most vulnerable communities must grieve God to his heart. It must grieve us to our hearts too, because we're God's children, born of his Holy Spirit. During labour, a mother-to-be is eagerly anticipating the delivery of her child. It will mean the end of her suffering and the gift of new life. God cares deeply about his creation and will ultimately make all things new. But we can't just be spectators or passive recipients during this process, a bit like standing around feeling helpless and powerless while witnessing the birth of a new child. God has made us agents in the restoration of creation. We can't escape from the physical world. We have a common destiny with it. It is our home and will be our home forever. Despite a lot of the world being on pause during the lockdown, the problems in the natural world haven't suddenly vanished. This week, researchers found that the Arctic is very likely to be free of sea ice in summers before 2050, that the bushfires that torched Australia earlier this year released more carbon than the country's annual CO2 output, that the first quarter of 2020 was the second warmest on record. The cut in emissions, for example, is still less than what scientists say is needed every year this decade to avoid disastrous climate impacts for much of the world. We face a challenge never seen by human beings before in the history of creation. We need to turn the recovery from the pandemic into a real opportunity to do things right for the future. Fossil fuel subsidies must end. Big businesses must pay for their contamination of the environment and public funds should be invested in renewable energy, green transport and sustainable agriculture.
Where taxpayers' money is used to rescue businesses, it needs to be tied to creating green jobs. As a society, we need to build back better and build back greener. As individuals, we need to become active members of campaigning groups like Greenpeace or Friends of the Earth so that we can add our voice to the green lobby, both locally and nationally. If we're not actively campaigning for a better world, then we're not exercising that wise, rescuing, restorative rule over creation that God intended for human beings all along. It's so important to keep that reduction in carbon emissions we've seen during lockdown going as we work towards our goal of net zero carbon emissions by 2050. So this morning, I'm going to concentrate on greener ways to travel. Like any other issue relating to the environment, it's easy to find the headline figures, but it's never as straightforward as it seems. So I would urge you all to do your own research to find the greenest way to travel at home and abroad. Here is a comparison of different forms of transport from the European Environment Agency. Air travel generates 285 grams of CO2 emissions per passenger mile. Car journeys 158 grams and rail travel 14 grams. Taking the Eurostar from London to Paris instead of a plane cuts up to 90% off CO2 emissions according to the company's calculations. Anna, in her absolutely brilliant talk, No Time to Waste, talked about the seven R's of more sustainable living. I'm going to pick three which are applicable to my talk this morning. Refuse, reduce and rethink. So here are my three R's of green travel. Refuse non-essential flights, reduce your fuel use and rethink options for remote working. So first of all, refuse non-essential flights. We're all aware that long-haul flights are detrimental to the environment, but even a relatively short return trip from London to Rome carries a carbon footprint of 234 kilograms of CO2 per passenger, more than the average produced by citizens of 17 of the least developed countries in the world a year. EasyJet, Britain's biggest airline, has been given a £600 million coronavirus crisis loan with no environmental conditions attached. That's scandalous, isn't it? Seriously think about avoiding all non-essential flights when the pandemic is over and search for greener alternatives. Second of all, reduce your fuel use. We are fortunate to live in the London area Public transport is generally fast and frequent. If you're unable to walk as far as the nearest bus stop or rail station, consider buying an electric car. Andrew and I are buying a second-hand one. Journeys, of course, have to be planned more carefully. The model we're looking at will allow a journey of 100 miles before it needs recharging, which will take four to five hours. The alternative is stopping more frequently and charging up as you travel. Third of all, rethink options for remote working. The daily commute could well be a thing of the past after lockdown has been lifted. Many of us have discovered how easy it is to work from home with remote access to re relevant information 
and the possibilities offered by Zoom for communicating remotely, both locally and internationally. Of course, we need to have some social contact for our own mental health, but we could help reduce carbon emissions by going off peak when the trains are half empty, so fewer trains are needed overall. If you work locally and are able-bodied, walk or cycle to work. Now we've had a glimpse of restoration during the lockdown. Let's not go back to our pre-pandemic settings, but be wise rescuing rulers of God's world. All of creation is groaning in labour pains, eagerly awaiting the birth of a greener future. A future where the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, will flow from the throne of God. We're made in God's image. We're equipped through the Holy Spirit to take up our responsibilities as God's eyes and ears, his hands and feet, to do what needs to be done in the world. In Psalm 115, 16, it says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. This is our wake-up call. Reset your agenda and rescue God's world now. Amen. <laughs>